right, all right. I'm just going to go ahead and knock out the rest of the book of Mark. So here we go. We're in Mark chapter 6, reading out the NLT. Jesus rejected at Nazareth. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom? Where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Jesus sends out the twelve disciples. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. And he called his twelve disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. Mm, so six groups one who got stuck with Judas he told them to take nothing for their journey <laughs> I just, I'll be thinking random stuff he told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick no food, no traveler's bag, no money he allowed them to swear I swear he allowed them to wear sandals but not to take a change of clothes Wherever you go, he said, stay in the same house until you leave town. But if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. Ooh. Verse 12. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. The death of John the Baptist. Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. Some were saying, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. Others said, he is the prophet Elijah. Still others said, he's a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John, the man I am beheaded, has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother, Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So Herodias bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless. For Herod respected John, and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Mm. It's interesting. I feel like Matthew, I think, starts out with John, talking about John the Baptist and Jesus' baptism. Anyway. All right, Herodias' chance finally came on Herod's birthday. He gave a party for his high government officials, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and his guest. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask, up to half the, my kingdom. Whoa. This, she must have been a special young lady. 
She went out and asked her mother, what should I ask for? Her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Mm. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said, but because of the vows he had made in front of his guest, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on a tray, and gave it to the girl who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came to get his body and buried it in a tomb. Wow. That's sad. Jesus feeds 5,000. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, <laughs> they call it the ministry tour. Sounds like. <laughs> um, same time I see that word, I was thinking like a band or a music tour. Anyway, the ministry tour, a real ministry tour. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. That would be me. I like that. Be like, yeah, you speak my language, Jesus. Yeah, let's go rest. Let's go lay down. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Verse 34, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what? they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, yes? Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves and a bread, five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Hmm. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish to everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of five thousand men and their families were fed. Powerful stuff, y'all. Powerful stuff. Jesus walks on water. Immediately immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida. Jesus was like, y'all thought that was cool. Wait till you see this. While he sent the people home after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. There you go. Solitude. Spending time with God. Late that night, the disciples were in the, their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, hmm, it was at three o'clock, Jesus came toward them yeah, early in the morning. 
Why not midnight? Why not one o'clock in the morning? Three o'clock. It's around the same time. Remember when Jesus didn't say this when he? I don't know. I want to jump ahead, but there's some other significant things that happen at three o'clock in the morning. I don't want to just make up stuff, but we'll get there. I think it mentions it again. All right, about three o'clock in the morning. Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them. But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. I'm going to say that two more times. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. Makes makes me wonder how many of us have hearts that are too hard to take in all the things that the Lord has done in our lives and is currently doing in our lives and to have an expectation for the things that he's going to do in our lives. Verse 23, after they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. Gennesaret, there you go. They brought the boat to shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once, and they ran throughout the whole area, carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. They're like, hey, that's Jesus. That'd be like if Michael Jackson came, not Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson's gone. Michael Jordan came to Kansas City right now. And people be like, hey, Jordan's here. But they be wanted to take selfies with him the whole time. Anyway, wherever he went in villages, cities, or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.